Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks a lot. That's, that's good, to, good to hear clapping before I talk. That's good. So, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how you do. Do you do offering here or you just put it in the box in the back? Box in the back, okay, because it's always a, a sign of how good a preacher is when you take the offering, before you hear them or after you hear them. So it's just, <clears throat> I always get a little nervous about that, but uh, good, to, good to be back here. We, uh, we did some calculations here. It's been three years since we've been back here, and so uh, <clears throat> it's good, uh, good to see, see a lot of you again and uh, a lot of new faces. I'm going to I should have brought my sunscreen. I don't know if you know up here. I got like a thousand watt bulbs here. And so if you start smelling bacon, that's me. So, you know, you know I'll, just, I'll just every couple of minutes got to rotate here through here. But uh, <clears throat> maybe not so you can see me online. I guess we do services online here, right? So uh, that's good. It's first time, first time I've been online. I'm not very technology driven, but uh, Twitter, tweaker, <clears throat> snapper, poker, it's, we're going to do it all the day here. So... <clears throat> Good thing you came to church, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty uh, humbling, really, to be here before you. Uh, you know, one my dad stood here for a lot of years, right? And uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention to him when I was back there with all my youth group friends. Should have been listening, but uh, pretty humbling to be here, and and for that reason. Uh, pretty humbling to be here because a lot of you sitting here, uh, you're to blame for who I am. <clears throat> uh, but you, uh, a lot of you, I look around and, and see a lot of you, uh, you, you shaped my life. You made an impact in my life and, and really uh, who I am and what I'm doing is, is uh, your fault in a good way. Uh, you know, whether that was formally as a, a youth group leader or a Sunday school teacher or just being involved in uh, informally in, in uh, my life and uh, my brothers and sisters. And, and so I, I thank you for that. I really do. Um, you know, you never really appreciate it at the time, but I appreciate it now. And so uh, you are, this is, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of what we're going to, I'm going to challenge you with today is, is being a living sacrifice. And, and many of you just spent your years uh, discipling me uh, and uh, and mentoring me and, and I appreciate it and there's uh, there's people that are benefiting that you'll never meet benefiting because of you of you putting your your time and energy into to myself and and other members of our, our youth group back there the rowdy youth group uh, you know there's there's people that are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ because of you so I want to thank you thank you for that so I did travel here in our hillbilly motorhome, <clears throat> 1983 Chevy Chase Christmas vacation uh, motorhome, and, and so we got a lot of stairs coming down the, down the highway. Uh, I can't see, there, there they are, Jill's here, Jill stand up there so everybody can see you, not everybody, that's my wife Jill, and <clears throat> I don't know what you're clapping for, I do all the work, but it's just... Uh... <clears throat> Oh, now I'm in trouble. Marriage counseling coming up, but uh, we have fun. So Jill's there, and uh, we're running out of kids, really, to bring with us. So we only brought two kids with us. There's Dakota sitting next to her, 
And, uh, and Jacoli's here somewhere. I don't know where she, Oh, there she is. All right, she's there. So that's the last two of the bunch. So those of you that, that don't know who we are, uh, Dale and Jill Stewart, as, uh, as Jeremy introduced us, uh, my dad was a pastor here uh, starting in 1978, and for about uh, seven or eight years, he was a pastor here. And so we moved uh, from Detroit, Michigan, and came over here. So my dad accepted the call here. And I remember that day that we moved uh, vividly. You know, we, we grew up in Detroit. It was the murder capital of the world when we lived there. And, uh, <clears throat> and so we, we would get stuff stolen out of our car every Sunday at church. And, uh, well, two things. We locked our cars for two reasons. One, because your spare tires would get stolen and your radials would get stolen out of your car. And two, we had about 15 Filipino ladies in the church and they would cram your car full of zucchini every summer. So you had to lock your doors to, to keep the spare tire in and the zucchinis out. But uh, <clears throat> I remember we drove uh, in on a Friday night. We drove right down here on uh, the entrance of Zealand off the highway. And it was halftime at the football game. The Zealand Chicks. I'm a chick. I know, <clears throat> I've had therapy since then, but uh, I was a chick. And uh, we drove by, and, uh, and the band was marching. The band used to, you know, start at the high school, which is now Cityside School, and march down the street playing and then into the, the football field, which I think is the bus garage now down there uh, by Howard Miller. And, uh, and so we thought that was cool, that, uh, wow, we hadn't seen stuff like that with, uh, at the schools we went to in Detroit. And then we drove down Central Avenue here past the church, and my brother and I were just laughing our heads off because there were bikes on people's sidewalks there, and we're like, they won't be there in the morning. And, <clears throat> and uh, those of you that uh, were here that Sunday, we parked out. We stayed at the Holiday Inn for the weekend uh, uh, before our house was ready there on Plainfield Court, and we came to church, and we get out, and we rolled all the windows up, and we locked the doors, and all of you laughed at us. It's like, what are you doing? So now you, you've tainted me because I still don't lock. <clears throat> I still don't lock any of my doors, and the windows are down, and I just leave the keys in because I'm like, if they want to take it, don't hurt anything. Just take the whole thing. So uh, <clears throat> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you tainted me that way. So we've got a lot of history here in this uh, in this auditorium in this church, and and so it's good to be back to to share what uh, what God has done in our lives since we've been here last. And so it was, uh, <clears throat> it was God, God began speaking to me. I was involved here in the church, you know, as a Iwana leader and game leader. And I helped with the Sunday school and the bus. We had a bus program for a while and I helped out with Bible schools and built, built a lot of crazy props up here on this platform and, and, uh, and uh, started helping out with the, with the youth group. And uh, it, was a, it was a trip back in 1989. We took a, we took a mission trip to Montana. And uh, we were helping with a, a fellow missionary there, Chris Montgomery, or it was Chris Smith at the time. And uh, we went out there with the youth group to teach Bible school to a bunch of little uh, rancher kids there. And so I was just a volunteer youth leader, and I was the, just the van driver, and we drove out there. And uh, a couple of inspiring things took place that trip. One, we were going to go to Yellowstone. We are going to see beautiful, beautiful Yellowstone Park. And, uh, and so we're all excited about that, except in 19, uh, what year was that, 87? In 1986, they had the big fires going. And so we got to Yellowstone in 19, uh, oh no, it was 89, uh, got there and the whole park was black. It was just burned down all black. So that, that was pretty non-impressive when we saw that. 
But we got to Montana, we went out to a little village <clears throat> called Wisdom, which is about an hour from where we, we currently live, to teach Bible school. And I was just a youth leader. I was there to help the kids. God was supposed to work through the kids and speak to the kids and bless the kids. And I was just a van driver. But it was that trip that God spoke to me. And he said, Dale, why don't you do something real with your life? And uh, I was working at uh, a subsidiary of Herman Miller and uh, right out of high school and was there and, and life was happy. We were married. We had a house out in Hamilton and life was going good. And, but it was God spoke to me on that trip and said, I, I want you to give all that up and I want you to go out to Montana. And, uh, and so, well, really at that time, he didn't specifically say Montana. And uh, he just said, I want you to serve me. And so we're like, all right, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it was, uh, it was uh, I remember that it was a New Year's Eve service. This, this auditorium was being built at the time. We had built the gym. And so we were holding services there. And we had a New Year's Eve service down there. And this was all tore up under construction. And it was in, in the gym down there. New Year's Eve service that uh, they announced that this camp out in Montana, the caretaker that was, was there was having kidney problems and uh, needed to leave there and, uh, and not, um, you know, help out at the camp anymore. And they said, you know, just be praying about that. And it was at that moment that God said, that's you, Montana. And uh, didn't know what that meant. You know, my, my whole vision was, okay, I've built up some weeks of vacation. We'll take three, four, five weeks of vacation. We'll go out to Montana. We'll help get this camp running. The camp was only running during the summertime at that, at that point. And thought, oh, we'll get the camp up and running. We'll run it for a few weeks in the summer, close it back down, and then we'll come home. That was really my vision uh, of that. And so it called the mission board. Westland Bible Mission is an organization that runs the camp and who we're missionaries with. And so I called them and, and said, hey, I think God's calling me to come out and help at the camp there. And they said, great. We've been praying for, for God to bring somebody out to be here full time to run the camp full time and get it up and running year round. And I was all excited about it. I said, yeah, that's what I want to do. And, uh, and Jill said, whoa there, cowboy. <clears throat> uh, what are you thinking? Jill had, had never been to Montana before and she wasn't able to make it during that, that youth group trip. And she's like, what, what do you mean give up the house and the church and the job and, and everything and go out there? And, uh, and so I got great advice from, uh, from a guy I called Coach. And you guys have been here long, you know who I mean, Mike Ferris, Pastor, Pastor Ferris. I called him Coach because uh, he was really a coach and a mentor in my life. And he gave me great advice. He says, you know, listen to this, Dale. He says, if, God, if you're a married couple, if God calls you, he will call both of you. It won't just be woman submit, you know, I know everything. And, and that was uh, some of the greatest advice, and I've shared that advice with a lot of other people. And, uh, and so we made a trip out to Montana to meet with the board, and, uh, and it was during that trip that God confirmed that in Jill's life as well, that that's where we need to go. And so uh, it was a process to raise support to get out there. But in uh, 19, is it 97 or 98? I, I can't. 98. That's, uh, I can't remember dates anymore. It's just... Uh, 98, we, uh, we packed up and uh, we moved out there and uh, haven't looked back since. It's just been a, it's been a great time. We're, uh, 
Every day, every day is a new day, you know. I'm just like your dog at home. You just leave for five minutes, and you come back, and he's all excited about it. That's uh, we'll wake up every day. Uh, thinking that and so uh, it, it's it's been it's been fun we we went out there to uh, run you know be the directors of the Clark Canyon Bible Camp and that was our, our mandate and that's what we were there to do and it's neat how God just opens opportunity uh, if your eyes are open for ministry God will bring ministry your way and, uh, and, and that has happened. And so since then, uh, we've had a lot of gains and we've had a lot of losses. And so uh, when we first moved out there, we had three daughters. And so uh, Jaleesa was born here. She was how old when we moved? Seven, eight, she was eight. Jory, our second, she was four, right? And, and Jacelyn was just uh, three or four months old when we moved out there. So we had three daughters, and uh, many of you spent a lot of time building the log cabin that we lived in, and so that's, uh, that's still up and running today. And so uh, when we got out there, uh, you know, not right away in the first couple of weeks, but over a few years, we had three sons. <clears throat> and so we thought, hey, girls are born in Montana, or uh, Michigan, boys are born in Montana. So till Jacoli came along, and that ruined that. <clears throat> well, I mean, it didn't ruin it, it blessed it, <clears throat> but it ruined our theory of uh, boys and girls being born. And so uh, we were blessed with, with seven children, and, uh, and, and that's been fun to watch them grow up. And uh, you know you, you pray for your children to meet godly people that they will marry, fall in love with, and marry, and, and leave. Uh, but then when that day happens, it's not so exciting. It's like, oh, that kind of hurts. But uh, that's, that's what we've done over there. Jaleesa's been married nine years already, for those of you that remember her. She has three, three children. Uh, one of them likes me. <clears throat> So just two of them, two of them I have to bribe with cotton candy. So, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining there a little bit. But uh, she lives in, uh, in Glen, Montana, which is about an hour north of us. So we get to see them quite a bit. Um, Jacelyn, who's our third born, she got married next. Just last August, she got married to uh, a nice godly young man uh, that I set them up. We kind of set Jaleesa up too. We started teasing her right as soon as we moved to Montana about this boy that kept coming to camp. And, you know, 20 years later, it, it worked into marriage. So I introduced uh, Jacelyn to this nice young man out of Lima. I was teaching an EMT class, and he took the class. And I, all I said was, this is like, don't feed the neighbor's dog, you know, because this will happen. All I said was, I got a daughter your age. <laughs> Done. Done. Started showing up at the house. And so uh, great, great guy. They were here this week. They flew in uh, for about a week. They just flew. I took them to the airport this morning at 4.30 to catch a flight back. So if I fall asleep... Just continue on, <clears throat> just do what you do. Uh, but uh, they, uh, they've been married for a year. And then Jory, uh, it was working at a ministry, a single mom's ministry out in Washington. Uh, she's traveled around the world. Some of you have gotten postcards from her and, and different mission uh, trips. And uh, she met a young man there. Uh, a young man that's older than her, I guess. And, and so he was the, he was the roll of the dice because uh, we didn't know him. I mean, the other guys we knew and, and we kind of teased him into marriage. And this guy, it's like, uh-oh, outsider coming in. But we did get to meet him. We did get to shoot guns with him. <clears throat> that's how we judge guys, <clears throat> you know, can you shoot a gun? And so he hit the target a couple times, but uh, Jory, as you've seen some of her pictures, just the biggest smile. And so she got married this past June in, in the rain over in Washington. And so, uh, so that's exciting. Deacon, our firstborn son, he joined the Marine Corps. 
Some of you are marine parents, uh, you know that, and so uh, you're probably just as excited as Jill was when he announced that. But he's, he's two years in, he's a corporal now, he's stationed down in 29 Palms, California, and so when I call him and tell him how hot it is, he just laughs and says, suck it up, Dad. So they've been out shooting in the, in the desert this week, and I think it was 115 degrees every day, so <clears throat> I can't complain about the heat. But he's doing well. Uh, there he sees a, a motor T operator, a truck driver. He was stationed uh, attached to the 1st Tank Battalion, uh, but the Marines are giving up their tanks, and so I guess they're going to drones, and so he's going to be reassigned to, to something he doesn't know yet. So I'll be praying for him as he seeks the, the next phase of that. Uh, Dayton, our next boy, he's, uh, he's a rancher, so he's out on the ranch, and he loves mules more than he loves people. And so... In today's world, I think he made a good choice in a lot of, a lot of cases there, but <clears throat> he's training mules, and he's out on the ranch, and, and so he didn't make the trip with us. So we've got Dakota, who's 14, and uh, just starting high school, and then Jacoli is 11, and so they're, they're the ones left at home full-time, so they got to come with us. And so and Jill and I are also foster parents. We've been foster parents for about uh, six years now, right? So uh, uh, we've got one little foster boy with us, uh, Kenny. Kenny's uh, with us. And so that's a whole ministry right there, being a, being a foster parent. Is anybody foster parents in here? Some of you are? Okay. So uh, some of you are. So good. You know, you know the, the triumphs and the struggles that, that go along with that. And so uh, God, it's busy. It's busy. God's, God's blessed us with a lot of things. You know, like I said, we were uh, <clears throat> started out being the, the directors of Clark Canyon Bible Camp. We still are. And, uh, but that's, uh, God has given us a lot of other opportunities to be involved in our community. And so, uh, like I was telling the group last night, we were, uh, I was taking these camp kids on these uh, mountain trips, you know, or three or four days up in the mountains, you know, the grizzly bears uh, eat people. I think we had seven people attacked last year, not of our camp kids. So send your kids to camp. It's just like, <clears throat> just uh, not ours. Just wrap them up fresh, you know, sleeping bags. The bears like fresh wrapped meat. But, <clears throat> but uh, we're in grizzly bear country. I think we had seven attacks last year. We've had uh, three, I think, uh, two for sure. I think three within a, about an hour from us. Uh, so the grizzly bears are coming back. But I was taking these kids up in the mountain and down rivers, and I thought, man, I should probably know a little something in case they get hurt. And so uh, in Dillon, uh, one of the nearest towns to us was offering an EMT class. So I took an EMT class, became an EMT, and then Lima, who's uh, the town, uh, we're about in the middle. South of us is a town of Lima. It's about uh, 250 people in that community, and then Dillon is about 30 miles to the north, and that's a, about a Zealand-sized town uh, there. And so uh, the, the folks in Lima said, hey, would you like to join our ambulance crew and be, uh, be on our ambulance? And I said, sure, that sounds like fun. So I joined the fire department, and, and uh, I'm an advanced EMT there. Been that for uh, about 17 years now. And so a lot of, a lot of interesting stories. Uh, we have Interstate 15 running right through our county. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of wrecks happen and a lot of fun. You, you wouldn't think funny things happen on wrecks, but we laugh a lot. Um, just a sick thing EMTs do, but uh, <clears throat> we, do, we do have fun. We had a rock band from California named Fishbone break down on their big, you know, rock band motorhome. And so uh, one of the guys had seizure. He was doing drugs and alcohol and, and smoking some stuff here. And so he had a seizure in the, in the, in the, the band bus. So they page us out. I'm 30 miles from town, so I usually just go in my personal car to whatever scene it is, and then the ambulance catches up, and we meet halfway. So at that time, many of you, if, if 
kept up with our story. For a while, our family car was a six-door Cadillac limousine that we got from a funeral home because we could fit all the kids in there. And so it had the three doors on there. And so we're driving through the country. Cows are moving on the road, and we're driving in this Cadillac limousine. And so the pager goes off for this, uh, this seizure down about halfway to Lima. So we were having some car problems like we always do. So the only car running was the limousine. So I'm like, hop in the limousine. So I drive down to the, the highway where this, uh, where this uh, rock band's uh, thing is, and out comes this, <clears throat> this, uh, this, it looked like Don King, if you know who Don King is, this short, fat, little black guy with hair about to stuck up like this, and, and I'm all, all EMT mode, and I'm looking like, where's the seizure? He goes, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I said, what can't you believe? A limousine. You got a limousine. He says, you get here faster than they do in L.A. He says, I can't believe a limousine. So he's all talking about the limousine. I said, where's the guy sick? Oh, he's in there, but a limousine. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> I guess the guy was, was all right. We took him to the hospital and, and, and he recovered. But uh, you, you never know what you're going to find uh, out there. So it's, it's, it's been fun to be involved in that. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, my dad was uh, the chaplain with the Detroit Police Force for a while. And then he was the chaplain over at Barry County uh, Sheriff's Department. And so uh, I went to our, our uh, local sheriff because I got to know a few of the deputies when we were on scenes and wrecks and things like that. And I went to him. I said, hey, have you got a, a chaplain? And he's like, no, no, no. And his whole idea of a chaplain was the death guy. He says, oh, you know, if, if you need to notify a family, there's a death in the family. That's what the chaplain does. And he goes, no, we got a guy in Bozeman we do. And Bozeman's 150 miles away. He says, you know, if we need a notification, we call this chaplain. And I'm like, all right, well, if you need help, let me know. And it was a year later, he came uh, rolling up to, it was during a week of camp. We were just getting the kids on the bus to head out to the river. And the sheriff pulls up and everybody's like, ooh, Dale's in trouble. And, <clears throat> and the sheriff's like, hey, are you still interested in being a chaplain? And I said, yeah, I am. He goes, well, we need to get that going. And so uh, for, well, it was 2011 we did that. So how many years that is, uh, became the chaplain, the first ever uh, chaplain for the Beaverhead County Sheriff's Department. So we're kind of writing the rules on that and what that means. And so that's just, that's been a great ministry. We have another uh, gentleman on our board who, uh, who we've got the chaplain program restarted in the city of Butte, which is about 90 miles north of where we live the big city. And so they had a bad experience years ago, shut down their chaplain program. And we were able to, to get that back open with him being the chaplain. They have four chaplains there. And so that's just, that's a, that's a great ministry uh, that Westland is, is part of uh, just helping these officers out. Do we have any law enforcement people's here? <clears throat> Anybody that's met a law enforcement officer this weekend? <clears throat> All right, so uh, nobody. All right, we're in church, <clears throat> um, but it, but it's great. And then they they asked me just how, how God allows us to be involved in ministry. Uh, I was chaplain there for about six uh, six months or so, and they're like, "Hey, Dale, you got skills. Would you like to be a, a reserve deputy?" And I'm like, "Sure, I'll be a reserve deputy." So they give me handcuffs, and they give me a gun, and they give me a vest, and and then I'm like Barney Fife, you know. Those, you know, a little later they gave me a bullet to carry around. And, uh, and so that, that's been fun. It's, uh, it's given me a lot of opportunity. Then the, then the city chief of police, Dylan, as a city department, uh, the chief came to me and said, hey, would you like to be one of our uh, reserve officers as well? And I said, sure, why not? So, so uh, then just recently, a couple of months ago, he asked me, he goes, would you like to be a part-time officer? 
I said, sure, why not? So now I'm a, I'm a chaplain, I'm a preacher, I'm a reserve deputy, and I'm a, a part-time police officer. So you never know. I, I don't even know what color I am when I walk out the door anymore. So am I blue? Am I brown? I got to have brown pants and a blue vest and all mixed up. But it, it, it's, it's, I like that being involved in a lot of things because you're involved in a lot of people's lives. And that's what ministry is. It's just touching people. We're not a big crime-laden area, you know, where we're running and gunning every time. Um, although we have had some shootouts here in the last couple of years. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, there's a lot of boring hours uh, driving around with these officers. And so it really gives me a chance to, to speak into their lives and get to know them and, uh, and help them out whenever possible. And so I, I, really, I really enjoy that. And so that's kind of what I want to challenge you today uh, is how we can be, you know, I, I mentioned being a living sacrifice. And that, that comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles there, turn there and, and read that because that's what I want to challenge with, the, with you today. You know, in the, in the verse 1, it says this. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now, in Old Testament times, they knew what sacrifice was. They had to kill the lamb. They had to kill the bulls. They had to make sacrifices. But, but Paul's writing here about, hey, I want you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. In order, you know, I want your body to still be living. I want you to still be doing what you're doing. But I want you to sacrifice your will and your desire and your ambitions and your schedule. I want you to sacrifice all of those things on a daily basis to God and do his will. Because what does he say? He says, I want you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And this is, a, this is another key verse here, which is reserved for the most specialist Christians. <clears throat> I make up my own words, so just get used to that. <clears throat> uh, you know, just the, 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 the special pastors, the special the missionaries, that's not what he says. He says, present your body a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. See, Paul just expected, he's writing, writing to these Christians here, and he's saying, hey, if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to God, if you are making a sacrifice every day to your own ambition, your own will, that's just reasonable. That's just expected. That's just Christianity 101. You just naturally do that. And he's trying to instill that in the lives of these, these new Christians there. He says, hey, this is reasonable that you would make your bodies a living sacrifice. And then in verse 2, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, live in a completely different way by the renewing of your mind. And then he says this, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. By us sacrificing our wills and our desires on a daily basis, we are proving to the world that God is real. We are proving to the world that God is, is, is beneficial for our lives. We have the answer to the problems of the world today. Now I want you to jump over to another one of Paul's letter, Ephesians. Go over to Ephesians. <clears throat> because uh, in, in Ephesians, I'm going to go in chapter 4, but just to, who's Paul writing this to? In Ephesians 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, who's he writing a letter to? To the, to the saints. Who are the saints? Us. If we're Christians, we're saints. Wives, look at your Christian husband. He's a saint. He's a saint. Some of you are like, I ain't looking. <clears throat> All right. Husbands, look at your wives. If they're a Christian, they're a saint. 
All right, now this is great. Verse three says this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with a couple of blessings. Is that what it says? One or two things. What's it say? Who has blessed us with what? What? All, all. I mentioned this to the group last night. If, if you uh, remember my dad speaking here, he always had this saying, and like most preachers, he repeats himself over and over like I do. All right, he had a little saying about all. He says, all means all, and that's all, all means. It means everything, <clears throat> all right? But, but Paul's saying here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us, us the saints, with all spiritual blessings. We get all the spiritual blessings that God gives us to do his will. So we're making our bodies a living sacrifice. We're sacrificing our desires, our wills, our dreams, everything for God. And God says, I'm going to give you all the blessings you need to fulfill my will. In that is all the authority. And Matthew says, all authority has been given to me on heaven, under the earth, on top of the earth. All authority has been given to me. And then we get all of the spiritual blessings that we need to fulfill God's, God's rule. And that's important. <clears throat> you know, I got a lot of funny stories about, uh, about being an EMT and about being uh, a law enforcement. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> you got to get into law enforcement work. It, is the, it will crack you up. I'm telling you what, <clears throat> there are just dumb people everywhere. And, and, and you get to point them out when you're a cop. <clears throat> you know, it, it's funny when I first became a chaplain and then a reserve deputy. So I've got, I've got the brown shirt. I've got a badge. My badge has a little cross on it. It says chaplain. But I've got the gun and I've got the belt and everything. And, uh, and so I look like just a regular deputy. <clears throat> and so uh, Labor Day, that's coming up. That's our big weekend in Dillon. And so we've got our county fair. So all the kids are there. We get a, a, a big rodeo, a professional rodeo. So all the cowboys are there. We get a big country concert that comes in. And so you got all the wannabe cowboys there to like country music. And then we have a college there. And, and that's the first weekend of college. So you got all the, all the young college kids in town. And so this, this Labor Day weekend brings in about two or three, four, 4,000 extra people into Dillon and the town grows. And so it's just a big drink fest uh, at nighttime. And so I'm, I'm out all working all night, you know, all weekend long. And so as you can imagine, you get that many people and you get a, you know, the, the, the JCs run the concert. They bring a semi truck, a reefer semi truck into the arena and sell a complete semi truck of beer during the concert. So that's before everybody walks downtown to the bars. And so, you know, they're loosened up, they get to the bars, and so we get a lot of knuckleheads that like to fight. Believe it or not, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think about that. And the funniest thing is, most times, guys are fighting over girls. Stay away from girls, <clears throat> all right? But it, the, the funny thing is, most of the time, the girls don't know about it. It's like this guy and this guy are looking at the same girl, and then bar closing comes, and they think they're both gonna take her home. They start fighting, she's like, I got no boyfriend, you know, and so it's funny. So they get real mouthy, and so the deputies go up and say, "Hey, knock it off, you know. We're gonna, we're gonna handcuff you. I don't care, blankety blank blank. Well, we're gonna tase you. I don't care. Do what you want to do. Blah blah blah." And then they start toying with me, you know. The, the deputy's like, "Oh, and the worst thing is." He's the God guy, and you'll get arrested by the God guy. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Father. <clears throat> it's just like that. <clears throat> you can cuff me. You can tase me. But, oh, the God guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to <clears throat> do that, you know. And it's, uh, it's the funniest thing. 
and, and so, but, it, but, it, but it's interesting, you know, in this, where we're blessed with all spiritual blessings and we're blessed with all authority, that comes with some, some clout. That comes with some power. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit of power and a sound mind for most of us, all right? But uh, God says, you don't get a spirit of fear. You get a spirit of power. That's one of the blessings that we are blessed with. That's one of all of the spiritual blessings. And you know, and, and, and I think about this, <clears throat> you know, when I'm out in uniform, because I'm not the biggest guy, all right? There's a lot of cowboys and a lot of football players that are bigger than me. And, and, and some of them are girls. <clears throat> and, and, and that's it. <clears throat> but, but I, I got to tell you this story. <clears throat> so they call me the God guy. In fact, our dispatcher, she's funny. She uh, swears like a sailor, but nice girl, love her. And, and, and so she has me in her phone. She has me as under the God guy. Well, she told me this story. She was at the grocery store and she had her phone on the, on the shelf or the, whatever those, the conveyors are, getting her, putting her groceries on there. And I happened, to, I happened to text her or something. Well, on her phone, it only comes up halfway. It just says God. It doesn't say God guy. And she goes in the Snoopy cashier. She looks at there and goes, oh. <clears throat> she goes, yep, direct line right there. So, <clears throat> so they, do, they do have fun with me. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. I do that sometimes. Some of these stories are good, but... <clears throat> But, oh, they, they have fun with me. So they call me, they call me the God guy. Everybody, they, they call me Chappie and, and the God guy. And so that's, that's how well I'm known around the department. And so, like I said, Labor Day is our, our big weekend. And so, so last year, they decided to give me a, a new name. Because, uh, you know, last Labor Day, we were doing fine. Friday night was good. Saturday night was good. Sunday night, it all blew up. Everybody was like, last night, we got to get in trouble. And, and so uh, <clears throat> there, was a, there was a fight uh, out at the Metland, the famous bar there in Dillon. And, and so we're, we're standing here at this corner, and we see this fight break out. So I run over there, and I'm, I'm one of the faster guys in the department. We're not a, really a running department. We hope you find us. Uh, <clears throat> and so we run over there, and so the, there's a fight going. So I dive over the hood of a car and I grab this guy and, and we both go to the ground. So we cuff the two guys up and, uh, and so we deal with that. And so it was about, a, about an hour later, we're at another bar and we're kicking people out. They're, they're in a scuffle. And, and so I'm, I'm at the, there's a couple of steps up in the bar. So I'm about here uh, in the bar and I look over this way and about from, oh, me to this gentleman here, there's this girl that's my size. She's not fast. She's just big and strong. And she's got one hit in and she gets three more into this guy and she's, I mean, there's just blood everywhere. So off the steps I go and I get her on the ground and we cuff her up and uh, she was a good hockey player, let me tell you. She knew how to fight. And, uh, and I'm, I'm cuffing her up and all of a sudden I look back and there's a wall of cowboy shirt coming at me. It's her brother. What are you doing to my sister? And I'm like, oh, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> this is gonna hurt. So I'm, I'm cuffing her up, and, uh, and two of our officers get on this guy and say, calm down, calm down. And he's like this, and they both grab his arms, and he just keeps his arms, and he's walking like this, carrying them. I'm like, ooh, this is really going to hurt, you know? So then I hear, I hear you know, the, 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 the best words you can hear as an officer, taser, 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 and boom, down he goes. Down he go. I mean, tasers work. This is good with a big guy. You know, so, uh, so after that weekend, they're like, Chappie, we got a new name for you. I said, what's that? We're calling you the Flying Nun. <coughs> <coughs> so I am, you're looking at the Flying Nun right here. It's just, uh, 
but, but it is fun. But you know what? These guys are bigger than me, all right? I, and I can't wrestle in authority, but here it is. I brought it with me uh, right here. When I say, you know, if, if I were just to go in looking like this and try to break up a fight, I'd get pummeled. I would get beat up. I'm not, I'm not that big a guy. I'm not the stronger guy, you know what? But when I, when I go in, police, stop, <clears throat> all right? That's authority, that's all spiritual blessing. This is what, this isn't spiritual blessing, but this is all authority. This has the power. When you flash that, all right, they're like, oh, I better behave. All right, because no, they don't look at me as just this, this uh, tall, skinny guy. All right, it's like I have the authority of a whole system behind me. And that's what God's talking about here. And Paul's right. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings, all authority. Because what does, what does God want us to do with that? And, and quickly, what time are we supposed to be done now? Or <clears throat> You're still here, so we're going, all right. <clears throat> look, look, look real quick. We're taking a long time here, but all right. Because, because in chapter four, I want to get to this, because this is what God has called us to do. All right, it says, verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where, where, which you're called in. Our vocation as Christians is to share the gospel. All right, and our vocation doesn't matter on our location. All right, God says, and, and Paul tells us here, you are worthy of the vocation sharing the gospel and, and you can do that in your job. You could do that at the grocery store. You could do that in your home. Location doesn't matter. Our vocation is making our bodies a living sacrifice preaching the gospel to people. And why do we do that? And here it is. And, and I think this is, you, you know, goes without saying here in this church, you, you talk about this all the time. Because we, in verse one, we want to walk worthy of the vocation where we're called. And in verse 11, it talks about different opportunities. You know, God gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. And verse 12 is the key here, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. We are all involved in the work of the ministry. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the music guy. It's not just a missionary. It's not just an evangelist. Their job is to be coaches to us as people to prepare us to do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry happens outside these doors. All right, you are gonna meet people this week that I'll never meet the rest of my life. You are gonna have an influence on people's lives that Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Tom, Pastor Cameron are never gonna meet. They're not gonna have that influence, but you are. God has set you there for a purpose. And here's, here's the purpose over in verse number 16. And I'm just taking little sound bites out of Paul's letter here. All right. So we are to be uh, perfected for the work of the ministry. And the last half of verse 16 says, why? To make increase of the body. All right. We need to share the gospel, preach the gospel so that others are saved and, and join in this body. That's what God has called us to do. And we are all part of it. It's not a special calling. It's our reasonable service. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm not talented. I can't speak, you know, and I, I can't, uh, you know, get up in front and talk to everybody. But you have a spiritual blessing God has blessed you with to reach people in your life. Is that your children? It starts with your children. Is that your grandchildren? Is that the, 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 per, the neighbor that lives next to you? Is that the person you stand next to all day long on your job? Is that the cashier you meet at the gas station? All right, those are people that God brings our way. 
And that's what God has called us to do is just preach the gospel. Just share what God has done in your life, all right? And use those spiritual blessings to reach other people, to, to make increase of the body. That's what God has called us to do. And so hopefully, um, you know, I got a thousand stories. They're, 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 they're fun to share. They're just ministry happens. People just walk up. And when they, if you take a stand and you say, hey, I'm a, I'm a believer and, and God is real in my life. I pray, I pray every day. This is my prayer. I say, God, give me a story. Just give me a story that I can share with other people to get people excited about what, what God is doing. And, and he does. Without fail, there's, there's, there's something happens during the day. All right? Some of it's funny. Some of it's sad. Uh, but just, you know, God, ask God to give you a story. Bring somebody into your life that you can share the gospel with. All right? And, and that's, that's all God has called us to do. Preach the gospel. Just share what God has done in your life. And give him the glory for it. He has, he has called you to do that. And he has prepared you for that. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, how many times, ask, ask Dakota, ask Jacoli, they hate going to town with me, right? <laughs> because they're like, it takes forever. But I like that. One, I like to shop. And two, uh, people just come up to me and say, hey, Dale, can you pray for me? Hey, Dale, can you, I got a problem. Hey, Dale, this and that. All right, I'm in, I'm in uniform at a security at a basketball game, the college basketball game. And I have a family come up to me that just found out their daughter was in a wreck. And they're like, Dale, can you pray for me? I certainly can right there in a basketball court, a college basketball game. And we can do that. All right, we can just take time. Who in your, who in your sphere of influence this week is going to need somebody just to say, hey, can I pray for you in your situation? Who's going through a marriage crisis? All right, who's going through an anxiety attack? All right, who's going through a financial crisis? Who's going through a, 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 you know, this whole virus has everybody freaked out? Who's going through something uh, concerning that? Who's got a, a, a death or a sickness in the family? All right, can they just come to you? Do they know that you're a believer? And you can just say, hey, can you pray with me? And can you take just a few minutes to pray with them? That's what God's called us to do, to be the workers of the ministry. And so that's just a challenge for you today. You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. You have been blessed with all of the authority that God has in this, in this world. We just need to go and use that. And so that's my challenge for you today. I wish I had more time to tell you and tell you lots of funny stories and because uh, and, uh, they are funny. That's just funny to, funny to talk about. But uh, I, I'm out of time. And so I just uh, appreciate Jill and I, we do, we want to say thank you uh, to you as a, as a church family. You have prayed for us over the years. You have financially supported us over the years. You know, and I was telling the pastors that the other day, that is a huge testimony right there. <clears throat> because people, non-Christians, well, a lot of Christians too, sad to say, but a lot of non-Christians just don't understand this, this faith support system that God uses to, to fund his ministry. You know, at the chaplain program, they don't want any tax dollars to go to a God guy. And so any funds that I spend on the chaplain program, I have to raise myself, use out of my own pocket. And so I, I went to the, uh, um, <clears throat> the United Way. They were doing a fundraiser, uh, you know, their campaign. And I said, would you consider, you know, funding the chaplain program for our, for our deputies and our law enforcement? They said, well, we don't really use, do uh, religious things, but you can come and make a presentation. And so I, uh, you know, I made a presentation what a chaplain does and how it helps the officers and and, uh, and somebody mentioned, they go, well, that kind of sounds like a full-time job. How do you, how do you uh, get money? 
I said, oh, I'm glad you asked. And I could share with them how people, as God directs in their lives, that just as they, as they feel God lead to support our ministry, that they just send money to support our ministry. And, and uh, with the exception of one lady, one lady, she is a Christian lady, I found out after, she's like, praise Jesus, you know, and the rest were like, well, that's weird, I never heard about that before, you know, why people would willingly give their money to support something. And so I share, I share that, and you're a big part of that story, is that I've got, I've got faithful people that pray for us, I've got faithful people that give financially so that I can spend time at the store and I can pray for people, that I can get involved in law enforcement, that I can get involved in people's lives, uh, you know, and, and help a rancher out when he needs somebody to feed for a couple of weeks, or I can go and drive to, a, you know, a hospital where somebody's in need. And it's just a, a living testimony of your sacrifice that you're making on our behalf. And so so we, we are humbled by that. We're honored by that to be, uh, you know, your servant out into a place that uh, I'm glad God called me there, but maybe a place you'll never be able to minister to, just like you're in a place I'll never be able to minister to where God's called you. And so thank you for that. And, uh, and thank you again for all of the impact you've had on my life personally and, and Jill and I growing up over the years and just your, your support. So keep praying. God's got some adventures coming our way we don't know about. And, uh, and so we're just going to keep on going. We've been there 20, what, 22 years, going on 23. And so uh, hopefully we've got another 20 left in us, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So, Jeremy, I'll just uh, turn it back over to you, whatever you have here. But uh, just know that we're praying for you, and, and, uh, and we appreciate all your prayers and support for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you.